We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com podcast, the live edition. If you are joining us from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, welcome. Taking some questions and comments throughout the night. If you're listening to the podcast version of this over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, make sure you do subscribe. Give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. We certainly do appreciate it. You know, I put in the title that there was good news. Now, I also caution that it's not the news that we're looking for, right? I know right now there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of frustration out there in Lakerland. And let's face it, around the NBA as well, but it's probably more acute with Lakers fans than with any other fan base right now. Frustration over the lack of action, the lack of trades. We know, we all know, this Lakers roster is not ready. Despite what Darvin Ham may say, they're not ready for opening night. You look at the way this team is set up right now. They're not prepared for the season to start. No, they're missing some things. A trade needs to happen. Maybe more than that. Some stuff needs to go down before this team. We can look at it and say they are ready for game one or even ready for preseason. Now, that doesn't mean I disagree with the moves that they made in the offseason so far, but it's very clear that something else has to happen. And I know there's a lot of frustration out there that it hasn't happened yet especially when we had that report from Chris Haynes early in July, talking about how a Kyrie Irving trade could get done the very next day. It's been, what, four weeks since then, just about? And here we are, still no trade. But the thing is, we get so caught up in all of that. And, oh my gosh, the trade hasn't gone down. And I get people that message me and say, that is the only thing I want to hear. I don't want to hear anything else. The only news I want is when the trade is done. That's it. That's the only news I'm interested in. But you know what? Sometimes we can miss out on some other good things that are going on. And I think we've got not one, not two, but actually three very positive stories about your Los Angeles Lakers that have gone down in the last day and a half that I want to get into, that I want to discuss, that I want to make sure that we take a moment and we mention them. Joining me is Sean Spaces Davis. Sean, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling positive right now. Because of some of the news that we've seen out there, no trade yet, but it's now three. We talked about earlier today, we said two. It's actually three positive stories about the Los Angeles Lakers right now. And uh, I'm excited to talk about these a little bit. Okay, first, thanks for having me on. Second, did I miss the third one? You did. 
Yeah, you you missed the the third one. And that was it was actually yesterday, and that's why. And so let's let's start okay. with that one. The first one, Phil Handy, got a contract extension. Yeah, there we go. The Lakers are able to hang on to one of the top assistant coaches in the NBA, widely respected by players across the league. And the Lakers not only kept him, which is not easy when you have an entire coaching staff being turned over, right? When you've got everybody else going out, you've got Darvin Ham coming in, bringing in his own guys to hang on to Phil Handy. That's a win. And now you've got an extension with him, which means he's going to be sticking around long-term with the Lakers. Now, of course, if a head coaching job comes knocking at some point, then maybe he'll, he'll leave. But for a while, we're going to see Phil Handy on the Lakers sidelines again as an assistant coach. And I think that is a win. And again, it's not the trade everybody's waiting for and everybody's getting so upset that it's not here yet. And I understand the frustration, but I don't want to miss stuff like this. Like that's, that's an important ad for the Lakers moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. No. Yeah. I completely blanked. I was about to say like that missed something today. Was I too busy in a space, like not paying attention? Um, (laughs) How many many spaces have you done today? Two. I saw you, you were on one, like, like 20 minutes ago. Yeah, it was about a half hour ago, and yeah. I was going to say there's a fourth good story. Matt joined for like a few minutes. I was Did like, he? wow, shocker. All right. Wow. Matt the Optimus yeah. Peralta got in and, and, and you know, encroached on your territory over on, uh, on Spaces. But uh, Phil Handy got a relationship with LeBron, and mm-hmm. I think this and is – a certain somebody. Yes, yes, a certain guy named Kyrie Irving, and uh, I think that's a good sign moving forward for the Lakers. Again, we're talking about singles here. We're not talking about home runs, but you've got to hit singles and the Lakers haven't done a very good job hitting them recently. So I'll take it like that. That kind of story makes me smile a little bit. I feel a little bit better because that's the kind of thing that a smart team does. Yeah, absolutely. And those are the kind of things that honestly, there's, there's a baseball player that baseball fans will, I'm always, I'm bringing this up is because I know a Yankee fan is really upset with this player, but his name is Joey Gallo, where he literally only tries to get for home runs. If he does a home run, it's a strikeout. That's what the Lakers have been recently. Like it's the home run plays or we're striking out every single time where, um, you know, it's okay to get the occasional single or a double like, and that those things still need to be set, celebrated. Cause then we do get that big bat up to the plate. They can get a two run home run or a three run mm-hmm. home run instead of just a solo shot. So uh, this definitely needs to be celebrated, these little singles and walks that the Lakers are getting. Venturing into baseball analogies. Look at us spreading our wings here on the Lakers Nation podcast. Um, Encroaching on on Dodger Blue territory now with our our sister site there, Dodger Blue. Um, I think we can hold our own there with with those. Well, no, let's be real. We we can't hold our own. (laughs) But, but, But still. We'll spread our wings just a little bit here. Um, the other story, Kendrick Dunn is healthy. Like this is the, be, you know, beyond just the fact that he's a Laker. I always love hearing that an NBA player is healthy, particularly guys who have suffered unfortunate injuries. I was even happy when you know Paul George was a Clipper when he when he uh, was deemed healthy to come back. You know, you always want to see guys at their best, and you hate seeing players lose chunks of their career due to injury. And Kendrick Nunn. Tough season last year. I know a lot of Lakers fans were frustrated with him. I never quite understood that. He very badly wanted to be on the floor, but his body wasn't cooperating. That's not his fault, but it's frustrating, right? It's frustrating for everybody involved because people were so excited that the Lakers got him on a taxpayer mid-level exception and what he could bring to the the bench and, and all of that. And now here he is saying, finally, after missing the entire season, he's healthy. 
and he's excited about what he's what he's going to bring this season. And uh, I think that's reason for celebration as well from Lakers fans because again, out of sight, out of mind. We didn't see him last year, but he's a good player, and he's a guy who can be a difference maker. Yeah, actually, well, we did. Uh, first off, I am very, very excited for Kendrick Nunn to potentially play, whether it's for the Lakers or not. I think he's a really good basketball player. So wherever he is next season, hopefully with us, I am excited to see him. Um, but we, we did get to see him a little bit. You know, we have I have a film breakdown on his on his dress attire that's actually slotted above Lonnie Walker. So sorry, guys. <laughs> you, have a break, you have a breakdown of Kendrick Nunn wardrobe highlights. <laughs> yep, there we go. From the shortest year, breakdown of all time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but he's a good uh, player, right? He's a so good this player. Is, this is, again, again, I know right now so many Lakers fans are on edge. Why is Russell Westbrook still on the team? Why hasn't a trade gone down yet? What's going on with Indiana? What's going on with New York? What's going on with the Nets? Have the Nets figured out life yet and decided what they want to do? with Kevin Durant and or Kyrie Irving at this point. What about the Jazz? What about that, that possibility? That's something that you and I talked about on a video that'll come out tomorrow. But I know that's what we're hyper-focused on. But again, don't want to miss stuff like, hey, Kendrick Nunn is healthy. That's a good thing. And then today we also got the breaking news that Jay Huff. Jay Huff is signed to an Exhibit 10 contract with the Los Angeles Lakers. They didn't lose him. There was a lot of concern after we saw what happened with Mac McClung. Uh, Sasha, we lost him too from the, from the summer yeah. league squad. He's gone. You've seen some teams come along and poach some of the Lakers players. Now that doesn't mean that Jay Huff can't be poached. A team could still come along and grab him right now. He's under contract with the team, but once they cut him, some other team come, could come along and get him, but it's an opportunity. If he plays the way he did during summer league on the main roster in training camp, the Lakers will probably figure out some way to keep them, whether, whether that's, you know, you move somebody out of a two-way contract and you give that to Jay Huff uh, or you just give him the last roster spot, whatever it is that you do, if he performs like that, that's a player that you want to have on your roster and in part of your organization. And had they not signed him this Exhibit 10 contract, he wouldn't have the opportunity to show his stuff in training camp. Yeah, man, I, I was, I'm really excited and really stoked that we were able to keep around Jay Huff. And Honestly, I don't want to don't have to go too in depth because we did a whole video on it. But I think the the easiest way to sum it up is what you've said like for a while is in summer league he looked like an NBA player, and he he was really really fun to watch in summer league. So yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. And even if he doesn't pan out for us, he's another player. Where I'm like I just want to see him play in the NBA. Like he's he's really fun to watch. He's a good player, and he's uh, he's graceful when he attacks those closeouts. He can graceful. be a lot of fun to see him going and attacking the rim. He's a really good reverse dunker, which is kind of random. It's like like Taylor Horton Tucker <laughs> is really, really good at reverse layups. Like, yeah. that's, that's Jay yeah. Huff, but with dunks. Like, if you were to yeah. just throw him a lob, I think he's going to go out of his way to make it a reverse dunk. More often than not, it's he's he's really good at it, though. So, okay, yeah. we'll take it. Like I, like, I would imagine Taylor Horton Tucker, open court, Nobody around. He's just working out on his he's own. Gonna he's gonna do a reverse layup, right? With his with his right hand. Yeah, yeah, with That's the right it. hand reverse. Like, bro, just go with go with the left. Work in the left hand. We know you got the right hand reverse. Go left. I, I think that's Jay Huff with dunks. I think they're all reverse dunks. You know, somebody mentioned to me uh, the other day on, on social media said, "Well, why why do Lakers fans even care about Taylor Horton Tucker? Have we ever seen anyone?" who can only finish layups with one hand 
Like, man, how quickly did we forget about Julius Randle, who is a left-hand only finisher around the basket? He's gotten a bit better at as as his career's gone on. But, but man, he really went for that left hand every single time, especially in the early days of, of his career. Managed to turn things around. Hopefully, THD will do the same. I just want to add on to that really, really quickly. And this uh-huh. is actually me, like, giving credit to THT. It's insane that he hasn't been able to get to this point, make this amount of money with everybody and their grandmothers knowing he can only go right. That has to tell you how good he was in high school and college and those first and how promising looked those first couple of years with the Lakers. That he gets this contract because like the biggest pet peeve and like for me, high coaching high school is like, no, use your left hand, dude. But like THT, he's gone this far without having to use his left hand now. Hopefully he's he can stubborn. get there. He's stubborn, but like that, that, that's credit to him, man. Like it, typically you don't, you, there's some cases, but typically you don't see a player be able to get to this far, this far without being, being so one handed or uh, that, that sounded so weird coming up. But like, you know what I'm trying to say? Right. Um, one, he's got a dominant hand. He's got right. so dominant hand. He, he's afraid almost to use that other hand. So give credit to THT in, in, in a weird way that he's been able to get this far without using that left hand. Now just use it. You can be a really, really good basketball player. Uh, Jorge Sandoval says, hey, guys, from Lima, Peru. Welcome in. Ooh, welcome. Said, huge fan. Fun trade idea. L.A. and the Hornets. Hornets receive Russ, THT, two firsts, and a second. Lakers get Hayward, Rogier, Oubre Jr., and PJ. Trade machine says it works. You know, I, I think that it's a – it's a worthwhile trade to explore just in terms of value for the Lakers. But I really think the Hornets, as soon as the Miles Bridges stuff happened, they were out on a Russell Westbrook trade. I don't know what it is, but that doesn't really appease me. I don't know why, but I'm sitting listening to you read that off. I'm like, okay, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Maybe it's the picks. But I don't know. Well, what, what do you think, Trevor? You, would you do this deal? Um, it's a lot. You're getting think, back a lot. Yeah, you're getting back a lot, though. You're getting back a lot of wings. Um, I like P.J. Washington. Hayward is kind of the centerpiece. I don't know. I, I probably do it because I think you're getting back so much wing depth, and that's really what you need to contend in today's NBA. Plus, you're getting Rogier. I think can be a good guard there. You're giving up a lot, but yeah, yeah I probably do it. But though. but again, I don't think. I just don't think the Hornets. We haven't heard the Hornets in like a month connected to the Lakers. Yeah. And I think it's because of the Miles Bridges stuff. I think their incentive to do something like this, it just it went away when they realized, okay, we're not we don't need to clear cap space to pay Miles Bridges anymore because we're not gonna pay him. Right? Like that's that's kind of what happened. Yeah. Uh let's see. Joel Hernandez says looking at the roster, it doesn't look too appealing. <laughs> it's swap. It's rough. Yeah. It is. It is. It's it's rough, but I still like the signings that they made. It's just it's very clear when you look at this roster that something it the roster is made for something else to happen. Because yeah. as of right now, it doesn't make sense. No. Swap this swap Kyrie for Russ and we have a different story. <laughs> sure. Yeah, right. That's that's exactly it. 
that's exactly it. You know, you swap out one thing and, and next thing you know, you're, you're good. You're, you're ready to roll. It's like, it's like they've got, I don't even want to say the whole hamburger. It's like they've got, they've got the bun, they've got the lettuce, they've got the cheese, they've got the bacon, but they're missing the burger, what? right? Like they're missing the, they're missing the key ingredient here to make it all make sense. Like on its own, you're not going to eat that. You're not going to eat just a bun and lettuce. Well, I guess maybe a vegetarian would, I don't know, but you're probably not going to eat just a bun, lettuce, tomato, and a piece of cheese. But, but- a vegetarian is going to eat it with the bacon on? You said bacon. Oh, no, yeah. I had, I had bacon. Okay. Take the bacon off, too. You got to take the bacon off, too. But but you're missing that key piece. You're missing that key ingredient that brings it all together. That's what I think of when I see this Lakers roster. You're yeah. just missing something. And I'm optimistic that that something is going to come via trade sooner or later. Just the question is, when? And I and that's the frustrating part. That That's, again, this plays into the whole thing lakers fans look at the roster and they're like you're missing something here you're missing a few things you got to get that stuff and each day we get closer to training camp and there's still tons of time but why haven't they done it yet what's going on it's very clear this thing is missing you know and so that's where a lot of this frustration comes from too all right this is soft topic but i saw this from the chat and i was curious what you thought yeah coos or jta defensively Oh, that's a good question. I think JTA and Kuzma offensively, but I, I think JTA yeah. defensively. I don't think it's, if you were to go that route, I don't think it would be by a large margin, though. I think yeah. the thing is, like, if if Kuz is 1,000% locked in defensively, I think he's also, like, Kuz has to worry about scoring a little bit more too offensively than JTA would. So I think JTA can devote all of his energy to playing defensively and putting in effort defensively where Kuz is saving energy to go average 20 a night. But I think like if they're in the same role, you can make a legit argument for Kuz, but probably JTA. So I'm in agreement. Just curious. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting one though. See, all right. Like comments like this, stop it with news about mediocre signings. You'll get Joey Gallo. Like that's basically saying, don't do your job. Right, I mean that's that's what we do here, right? That would be like saying that would be like telling a, a history teacher stop teaching everything that's not World War II, which is like the biggest, the world biggest. war ever, right? <laughs> Don't teach anything else. Why are you teaching anything other than just World War II, right? Like this is that's I, mean, our job. I, I would love it if tomorrow the news, the headline is Lakers trade Russell Westbrook for Kyrie Irving, and we get to get all into that. It just hasn't happened yet. In the meantime, we're still going to report the other stuff that's going on, including Jay Huff, including Kendrick Nunn, and all the other pieces. It's what we do. That's that's the job. Yeah. I mean, it, it's better us, like, do our job than you guys have to tell me to watch an hour of film a week. Or what, what is it? Four hours of film a week. Yeah, my four bad. hours of film um, Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Kyler Spaces Murray. <laughs> Kyler Spaces Murray. <laughs> That, that's the problem all along. He's, he's too busy in spaces. Okay, we got we got to talk about this. Tony says, are you an expert in chiroglyphic? That moon confuses me. At least it's not the reverse bird in the cage. Would you keep none in a trade? Seems relied on shooting guards. Unless we get a shooting guard, appreciate you guys. So you saw Kyrie's tweet. Yeah, and the everybody, moon. the moon, and like there's a, like the moon is entering a new phase or, or whatever. And look, I'm not, you know, 
hip to all of that stuff. But but I I saw it and I just went, Kyrie's literally talking about the phases of the moon, and that's that's it because you know he's into that that kind of stuff. But everybody is going to take it to mean something else. Everybody's going to take it as, oh, he's going to get traded when the next phase of the moon happens. Right. But, you know, maybe he just likes Moon Knight. Maybe, that, yeah, that maybe he just it. watched Moon Knight. That's literally, that's literally what somebody just put in the chat. He just watched Moon Knight. <laughs> that's that's probably it. Yeah, he just watched Moon Knight and he just, you know, he noticed the moon phases and said, Kanchu. hey, let's go. Yeah, he, he probably is talking to Kanchu. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, would you keep none in a trade? Yeah, I was mentioning this on Twitter a little bit last night. Um, I talked about this with Keith Smith on the front office show the other day, how when my mind wanders, it goes to basketball. So late at night, my mind wanders, it goes to basketball. And so I, I'm it's like one in the morning or whatever, and I'm tweeting out random Lakers stuff, and people are telling me to go to bed. Um, I mentioned that Kendrick Nunn, if you trade him, and probably same with Taylor Horton Tucker, you have to understand that if you're the Lakers, there's a decent possibility that you're trading that player at the low point of their value. And so you have to factor that in. And with Kendrick Nunn now saying that he's 100% healthy, I, I'm not, unless the right deal comes along, I'm not like going out of my way to try to trade him. And again, I, trading him might not be the wrong move. I'm not saying it's wrong to trade him. I think if you're getting the right value, you can get pieces that help your team more than what Kendrick Nunn could potentially bring. But in terms of value, other teams are not going to pay what he's what he can bring on the court. They're not going to pay that kind of value because they didn't see him last year. And rightfully so. I, you know, I wouldn't expect other teams to. But if you're the Lakers, it's probably worth it to hang on to him if the value you're getting retur in return is not great. If teams are just giving you value as though he's just an expiring contract and that's it and he provides nothing on the floor – it's probably worth it for you to find out, can he be that guy that we saw with the Miami Heat two seasons ago? Because if you can, he's worth a lot more than that, and you might be able to flip him for more at the trade deadline or just keep him for the rest of the season. Yeah, we talked a lot about this in the Kendrick Nunn video. I wouldn't just trade him for nothing. I think you have to trade him for the right deals. Like if he you need his salary for whatever reason in a Kyrie Irving package, you do it. Um, so that, that's where I am on that. Just two more things to add on really, really quickly. Uh, first off, great episode with you and Keith. Obviously, I've told you that first, but I think the rest of the chat is here. Great episode oh, yesterday. And then uh, I need to get on your level, man. You're tweeting stuff about the Lakers at 2 a.m. I'm on Twitter spaces at 2 a.m. Yeah, you're you're oh. on spaces. You're in a whole different world. Like, I am just kind of groggily tweeting stuff out as I'm, as I'm getting ready to go to sleep. You're actually, like, conversing with people and talking and, you know, it's the middle of the night. That's, uh, that's, that's a different level. So when you're saying get on my level, you'd be stepping down. Because I'm just barely <laughs> throwing out a few semi-coherent thoughts out there. You're actually carrying on conversations. That, that's, that's a different world. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It'd be about nothing, though, so I might as well just tweet out about something productive, I guess. <laughs> um, Let's see. Jarrett Nunez said Dwayne Washington would be a great signing for the 15th man. Ooh. You know, I think there's a decent chance that the Lakers leave that 15th roster spot open because that's yeah. been their strategy the last two seasons. Last season they were going to, and then Frank Vogel got a look at the perimeter defense and went, oh, my God, somebody give me Avery Bradley quickly. Um, but in general, the Lakers prefer to keep that 15th roster spot open. So it wouldn't shock me if that goes unused, if they just leave it open till buyout season or, or whatever. Yeah. And it makes sense. It's a smart decision to do that. And I, I, that's the single. That's something good teams do. Well, I mean, not everybody has to do it, but I think that's what good teams do. They keep open that last roster spot because you're maintaining some flexibility so that it's not you're not approaching the bio market like, oh, crap, we need to scramble and create a roster spot. Who do we cut? Just keep it open, you know? So it, I think that's a smart decision. Alex says LeBron, Buddy Heald, JTA, AD, and Turner is a 50-win title threat. Your margin of error is really, really slim. I'll tell you, I, I like the mix of skill sets with that five. Yeah. That's I, and, I, I question like who's defending point guards out of that group. Because it's certainly not going to be Buddy Heald, and I don't think it's fair to ask JTA to do it. But think about that. Like every nobody on that on the floor except for Buddy Heald is a true sniper, but everybody is a threat to shoot the three, depending on what AD does depending on what lethal shooter does with AD in the offseason. But you've got rim protection. You've got some switchability between LeBron, AD, JTA. I do kind of like that that grouping. I don't even know if that would be your starting five. but That's a good lineup. But it's a good lineup, right? It's a lineup that, that does make some sense and could mm -hmm. bring a lot of different things in terms of you can bring rim protection, you can bring uh, attacking off the dribble, you can bring some slashing in the form of JTA, uh, you can bring post play with AD, you can suck opposing bigs out of the paint in order to create those driving lanes with a guy like Miles Turner. You've got, you've got the pieces to do a lot of different things in there. So I really do like that five-man grouping. I'm just thinking about all the stuff Darvin Ham offensively could do with this lineup, not even, even touching defensively. And I'm so I I can't wait again. I said it earlier, man. I just want Lakers basketball more than anything. I'm I'm excited, knowing that I think we're gonna make a move. Can't wait. Oh yeah, I would. I'm I'm missing basketball already. Although I'll tell you what, for as much grief as it gets, and don't get me wrong, I was one of those people for a while. Um, I've actually been enjoying watching some WNBA games this summer. Just just checking them out and, and just seeing. And again, it's not. You're not seeing high flying dunks and stuff like that in the in the NBA, but like you watch the Las Vegas Aces, like they do some pretty exciting stuff out there. So just from a basketball purist standpoint, just kind of watching some of the stuff they're running and things like that. I'm I'm not saying it's made up for Lakers basketball or NBA basketball not being on. It certainly hasn't, but it scratches the itch a little bit to to get to watch that and uh, and just kind of enjoy some good games. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't watch as much WNBA as I know you and as some of our other guys do. But man, the just from the little bit I do watch, like 
the aces they run a bunch of good stuff they do so yeah the, the, if you want to get involved maybe i'll adopt them as my team maybe, <laughs> maybe. isn't that becky hammond coaching them or more dripping yeah 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 see they're they're go. they're exciting there's a few teams that are there chicago is really good too the sky um they've been a lot of fun to watch and uh yeah so that that's been something that i've been been um doing this summer that i haven't in the past uh lakers number 18 i like the optimistic uh, username there said westbrook in a first for healed and a trade exception then use the exception mm-hmm. in a couple of seconds for gordon or someone from the jazz eric gordon i'm presuming uh, could be Gordon Hayward. That trade exception would be big enough for Gordon, would it? Uh, 19, it would be a $27 million trade exception. So depending on what Gordon is at. Yeah, that's, that's, it's an interesting idea, but then you're requiring multiple moves there. Like, we see trade. I mean, the Boston Celtics had a trade trade exception that went unused. They just didn't find somebody that made sense to use it on. Would you be okay with doing that? With giving up the first plus Russ, when you know that a lot of the value is coming in the form of a trade exception, which may or may not wind up being used. The only way I, I would be okay with that is if you have that deal lined up in your back pocket. And you just need to execute this trade first. Like if it's with Utah and it's for. What's that? You said 27 mil. So I don't know, like Bogdanovich, Rudy Gay, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. And you had that lined up in your butt in your back pocket. Um, then sure. But it's like, hey, we will do this once we get this other deal done. Then sure. But like if you're just doing it with the hope of being able to use the trade exception, then no, that makes no sense. Yeah. You have to know that you've got something that you've got something coming. Yeah, exactly. If there's something lined up for that for that trade exception. All right. Let's see what else we've got going on here. Oh, Keith and I are going to talk about this tomorrow on the front office show. Draymond Green wanting a max. Is he crazy? No. What are you, what are you thinking? No, he's not crazy. Is he? Worth he's it? not. He's worth it to Golden State. Is he worth it to all other, the other twenty nine teams? Doubtful. But what he brings to Golden State is special that I'm not sure it can be replicated by other 29 teams. And we saw it this year. Like, unless you're getting, unless Jonathan Kaminga or some one of these other guys can do something similar to what Draymond's be able to, I don't, I, I think you have to. Because what Draymond provides to that Warrior squad, it's special. His defensive ability, just his ability. And what he does, he allows Steph to be off the ball a lot more because he can facilitate and run the offense, have Steph and Clay and Jordan Poole sure. and all these other shooters they have run off these screens and things of that nature and cut, which eases up the offense. We saw that a couple months stretch when Draymond was out, even when Steph was there, when Draymond was out, that Golden State team did not look like a title contender. And Draymond didn't play the best in the playoffs. Maybe you can attribute that to the to the health. Really, I thought he played fine, actually, the first three series. It's more of the finals. They didn't look good. The, those first but, two games of the finals. Ooh, yeah, those, those, are those first two games of the finals. But besides that, the whenever Draymond Green was on the floor last season, the Warriors looked like the, a championship favorite. When you took Draymond Green off the floor for that extended period of time, it looked like a second-round exit. So for Golden State, yeah, I think he's worth it. You, have, you bite the bullet because I think he's worth it for you guys. He's the cornerstone of your franchise. 
I mean, the Warriors will have to pay much more than just a max because of the luxury tax. And I know they've been yeah. complaining about that. I think you're right in that he's probably worth it to them. But in general, in the NBA marketplace, like let's say he's a free agent. How many teams would say, here's a max, Draymond, come play for us? I highly doubt anybody does. Not right? that, that's That's what I'm saying. Because if that's the case, then he's not really worth a max. The only You're only paying the max if your goal is to get Draymond and Harmony on the Warriors, right? Like that's, that's really what you're buying if you max Draymond, because otherwise the market market value is not a, a max contract for Draymond Green. Like let's say, I don't know, let's say, let's say Donovan Mitchell was suddenly a free agent. How many teams would offer him a max deal if they had the ability to? Everybody. A lot, right? Cause he's a young player with upside and all. Everybody knows what's going on with Draymond Green. He's getting older. We've seen moments where he hasn't looked as good. He stepped it up in the finals, but is he going to be worth a max going forward? Probably not. But again, I, to your point, maybe you pay it anyway, because it's not, you're not just getting the player. You're also getting continuity and you're getting harmony because you know, if you don't give them that and it creates problems, Steph's not going to be happy. Clay's not going to be happy. Those guys that have been there for a long time aren't going to be happy. And this might sound crazy, but like unless again somebody could replicate what he's able to do defensively, and then some of the, his playmaking ability and his just basketball IQ on the floor, unless somebody can recreate that, Golden State will not be as good of a team if Draymond's not there. That might sound like a bold take, but it's true because unless Clay becomes a All NBA defensive team player again, they take a massive step back defensively, and then now you're relying on Steph to do everything offensively, which the whole point of Draymond is to ease things up for, for Steph. So, I don't know, man. That's just my take on it. But you and Keith have fun. I'll make sure I'll be listening to that one. Uh, Vinny says, thought about Kyrie's moon tweet. We addressed that one already. We think maybe it's just about moon night or something. No, it's, it's probably literally about the phases of the moon. But uh, Alan says, has anyone figured out how we can fit THT into this roster? LOL. Nope. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's... Not with, not with Russ. Not, not with, with Russ, Russ. And, th and that's not even that's not even meant to be like a shot at Russell Westbrook or anything. That's just skill set wise, they don't fit. So like when when I make out the Lakers roster, and I've been playing around with this a little bit, trying to just work on rotations and, and you know what they could actually look like. I have a hard time finding minutes for Tht where he doesn't share the floor with Russell Westbrook. That's that's a challenge. And then you've got you know. How well does he fit with Lonnie Walker? How well does he fit with some of these other guys on the team? It's not easy. It's it's not an easy fit. It becomes infinitely more easy if Russell Westbrook becomes Kyrie Irving and Buddy Heald or, you know, Buddy Heald and Miles Turner or whatever, right? Like if those sorts of moves happen, it becomes much easier to plug THT in. But as it stands, I don't have him as part of the initial 10-man rotation and it's not to say that talent-wise he shouldn't be there, but fit-wise it's hard to find a lineup where he makes sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, what did we do? Like, we spent like 15 minutes. It felt like trying to figure out a role for THT during that uh, one podcast episode. Is that about right? Mm -hmm. it, it it it's hard, and I mean, it's something that head coach Darvin Ham is going to have to account for and try to. Figure out. Uh, Part the size said George Carl yells at people for U-turns on his driveway. <laughs> what? There's, 
George Carl made a comment about the Lakers on Twitter earlier, and oh, I'm boy. not going to worry about it too much. I'm not yeah. going to worry about it. Uh, Sky Tears, I would love to see Dan, the Laker fan, on your show. You know, he, he does some good work as well. Maybe we'll have to do a, a collaboration or something like that. Uh, Eddie sure. said, any possibility LeBron takes a massive pay cut? He doesn't have the leverage. He thinks he does. He wants to stay here. Lakers know that, so why offer him a full max? They need cap space to bring in free agents. LeBron on one hand, I think leverage. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you even have to worry about leverage there because the Lake the Lakers have shown they will pay stars. Um yeah. but does he take a massive pay cut? He has not um he's not been willing to do that in the past. Since his Miami Heat days, he hasn't been willing to do that because what happens is teams hold that over other guys. Teams will say, Well, hey, LeBron took a pay cut so that his team could win, therefore you should be willing to take a pay cut. And he didn't want to be used like that. He didn't want that to happen. So he hasn't been willing to take pay cuts since then. Um, so I, I don't see it happening. I don't see him taking some huge pay cut. The only way where I can imagine it is if that's the difference, LeBron taking a pay cut next offseason, say he doesn't sign an extension, and then next offseason as a free agent, he takes a little bit less so that Kyrie can fit into a max salary with the Lakers. That's the only way I can envision it happening. Yeah. I, I just don't see LeBron taking a pay cut, but you know what? LeBron proved me wrong. Uh, that would be a pleasant surprise. Uh, Steven Merritt, Braun isn't extending in 2024. Bronny will be drafted. Well, that's why we've been saying it'll be a one plus one if he extends, yep. which would mean you're tacking on one more year. He would be able to hit free agency in 2024 when Bronny is, is drafted. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a one plus one for sure. If if LeBron were to resign the extension, I think he will ultimately. But you know, you never know these days with how crazy the NBA can get. So the chat, I'm I'm behind in the chat, but the chat is saying that in that previous question about absorbing someone into into uh, a trade exception, that they were intending Eric Gordon to be that guy. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, what what do you think about that? Like, if you were to add Buddy Hield and Eric Gordon. Would that be worth Russ and a first a and first. multiple seconds? I think it probably would be. Yeah. I, I, fact, yeah, I, think, I sure. think you might even argue that it's worth a little bit more. Uh, maybe not, but a first and multiple seconds, I'd be pretty okay with, with doing something like that. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Trevor. We If we use, like, you can't use a portion of the trade exception, right? Like, if we use, like, the whatever, if it's what, like, it, for example, $18 million dollars. For Eric Gordon, we wouldn't have the other nine for the trade exception, will we? Oh, it's been a while since the Lakers have had one, but I believe you would. You would still have some of that trade exception remaining, but using that on, you know, it's it's usually what happens is once you use part of it, it's hard to find a player that fits into the remaining part. But yeah, I believe it's possible. Uh, Mamba mentality says one more shooter will help, but Lakers can send Russ home, put mm. Braun on the point guard. Defensively, yeah. none on the shooting guard. Walker and so I'd rather flip that. Walker and huh? Swider off the bench. Now we have shooting spread around. I hope that saying put LeBron like they mean like put LeBron at point guard, offensive shooting guard. But I was thinking defense because he said put Braun on a point guard. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't want LeBron chasing his shooting guard around either, but he's got a better chance at that than chasing a point guard around. But. Would it just let get back to the, the main deal here? 
send Russ home. I've seen a lot of people say this. I just I don't see the Lakers doing it unless Darvin Ham says, hey, Russ, we need you to be a cutter on offense. We need you in the dunker spot. We need you shooting corner threes. You're not going to have the ball in your hands. Set screens, roll to the basket, and we need you spending 75% of your energy on defense being a point of attack defender. If Russ just says, nope, not going to do that, okay, then, then there's no point, right? Then there's no point to really trying to, to have him there because he's not going to be successful doing the same old stuff that he's done in the past. Unless somehow Russ comes back and is finishing at the rim, is back to what it used to be, then all right, maybe. Maybe there's a possibility there. But that's the only scenario. It would take Russ being openly defiant to the point where he was disrupting the team culture to send him home and pay him $47 million to not play basketball. Otherwise, you exhaust every option possible before you do that. Because he's still just talent-wise one of the better players on the team. Talent-wise, even if the fit is terrible. So I don't see the Lakers just sending him home. No. I don't see them sending him home either unless like it hits that doomsday scenario. I still don't think you can like let it go into training camp, though. But I, I don't know. And that's why I think something's going to happen. And the Russ deal is going to eventually get done. I, I just don't think a Russ deal... I mean, I just don't think you can bring Russ back and let him in a training camp personally. But we'll see. I mean, covering the Lakers is a never-ending uh, roller coaster ride. Let's just put it that way. It is. It is indeed. Uh, Laker Lifer. The Lakers should just go all in. Westbrook and Nunn, along with the 27 and 2029 picks for Kyrie, Harris, and Curry. Still Ooh, have okay. THT seconds. Uh, I would do that. I would do that. That's the scenario where I would give up both first. If you're getting not just Kyrie, not just Joe Harris, and honestly, maybe I might even be talked into doing it just for Kyrie and Joe Harris, but you're getting Kyrie, Harris, and Curry. You've solved your shooting problem. You've solved your depth problem. You've gotten talent. You've gotten wings. That's that's where you do that, and you can look at this team and say, okay, they're ready. And then he says, still have THT seconds. 2026 and 2028 swaps to go after Utah role players, potential mm-hmm. three-year window. Yeah, okay, like, like, so you're going... Like he's saying, go go crazy here. Let's say you do that, and then you offer up THT and a second for Patrick Beverly, and you're saying, Utah, you're getting a young player. I'm not saying Utah would do it or Danny Andrew would do it, but, I mean, you could go add another piece, or you can go find a... Try to find a wing with THT. You can move him there. That's... I, I don't think this is very realistic. I don't think the Nets are going to give up all that. But if that's on the table, that's the scenario where I say, you do it. You give up both those picks. And again, I think eventually, if it really does take those two first-round picks, I think Rob would do it anyway. Um, so this is just a slam dunk. This is the home run shot. This is, you got bases loaded, grand slam. This isn't just any regular home run. Um, so yeah, I'm in agreement with Trevor there on those two first round picks and the Kyrie swap. So that is the, the Joey Gallo. Is that what you're telling me? It's the home run. swing. <laughs> that, that's the home run swing. And the Lakers didn't strike out that time. Okay. There we go. All right. All right. I like it. Uh, Mario Hernandez says once the league expands to 32 teams, how will the NBA be realigned the divisions? Who would you pick from West to move to East? Yeah. You're going to move one team to the East. Let's assume the two new teams, which I think is the, most likely by far it's going to be Seattle and Las Vegas. Um, and I think it should be those two cities. 
And then you're going to pick one team because Seattle and Las Vegas will come to the Western Conference. One team is going to move east. Is it Minnesota or is it Memphis? Um, I think you can make arguments for either of them. I'm probably leaning Minnesota. But hmm. I don't know. What do, what do you think, Sean? I was more leaning Memphis. I'm curious why you're saying Minnesota, though. Because if you look at the map, Minnesota has no one anywhere near them in the Western Conference. They've got Eastern. You've got Chicago. You've got Indiana. You've got Eastern Conference teams near them. Fair. Whereas Memphis, okay. at least you've got the Pelicans. You're not that far away from Texas. The Texas teams, Dallas, San Antonio, Houston, right? So right. you've got some teams there that are at least a little bit close. Minnesota's got nobody in the West that they're that they're close to. No, okay, that makes sense. But I, but I'm open. Like I'm sure Memphis would probably prefer to move east. I would imagine. Like right. I think if you just drew a line, I believe it's Memphis that's a little bit further east. Yeah. But just in terms of proximity to other teams in that conference, I, I would have to lean towards Minnesota. That makes sense. Um, that's life said, is it safe to say the Lakers next signing will be a player that's part of the starting five with the current squad? Do you see a six man coming off the bench? Uh, well, I mean, Who I don't think that we're going to see another signing, but in terms of a trade, yeah, I would have to say that whoever they add in is going to be part of the starting five. Uh, whether it's for, you know, if they're going to make a big trade where they're giving up draft capital, they're going to do it for a starter. They're not going to do it for a, the eighth man off the bench or something like that. Um, who is going to be the sixth man in this group? Uh, this roster, Kendrick Nunn, Lonnie Walker are the biggest ones to pop out. Um, I'm not going to say much about Lonnie because I'll talk about him more in depth soon. But, um, yeah, I think I think those are the two easiest options to be your sixth man. If, if you make a big roster change, then who knows? But right now, probably one of those two guys. Yeah, i probably go with – Lonnie Walker. I think he was brought in to fill that specific role. So, mm-hmm. uh, Ben, if none is gone, which veteran, veteran point guard is preferred? Rondo on a minimum. Rondo's got his own stuff going on. Um, yeah, that didn't get settled, did it? No, not, not as far as I know. I could be wrong. I haven't stayed up to date on that. But um, it doesn't feel good saying this, but I think it's Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm th- that's who I was thinking, Dan Shooter. Yeah, I do think it's him. Alex said, can anyone on the Lakers be a breakout all-star? Reeves, JTA, I I think if, if that's your, the bar that you're setting going into the season, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah. I don't – someday maybe one of these guys could be, but – most of these guys project to be role players. There's not a lot of guys. Like, really, if we're talking about who has the potential someday, if everything clicks to be an all-star, yeah, Reeves, maybe. I think THT. Kendrick Nunn. The ceiling it could be there, right? Like, if everything really starts to click. I think Reeves becomes, he's so selfless that he's just the ultimate team-first guy. And that that can be even more valuable on the floor, particularly with a team like LeBron and everything. But but that doesn't tend to yield all-star consideration. Yeah. But sucks because he deserves it. But yeah, THT, I think none could be an all-star one day personally, but yeah, those are probably the guys you're looking at. Thoughts on Jimmy Butler's new look. (laughs) 
I okay. I, I admit I haven't seen it. I saw somebody talking about it, so I'm I'm oh, checking it out right now. What did he uh, do? I'm trying to find it's, it. It's invent. It's creative. It's the best way I can. Best creative. <laughs> oh. Oh my. He's a. He he needs a football helmet. He looks like a running back. Right, he just needs the helmet, and he has the dreads, you know, behind him when he's when he's running. Be perfect. Not the oh my, that that's what got me dying. Oh my. <laughs> no, it was a picture or whatever on Twitter that I first saw from. It's like with him with the dreads all the way down. It's like no way that's real. That is so clearly photoshopped. But it's yeah. I don't know how he's gonna be able to see. So you have to put the dreads up. No, I mean, we've seen guys have that, you know, like Brian Grant back in the day and, and stuff like that, you know, whatever. Like, there's so – for these guys, you you can have your hair however it is that you want. Yeah. You know, it's not like a corporate job in an office or anything like that. Like, why not have some fun with it? If that's what he wants to do, cool. Go for it. Uh, this is a good question. So Stuart says, what are seconds really worth? I heard we have like four or more somewhere. I mean, they're obviously somewhere. not worth first, right? But they can they can be the kind of thing that can grease the wheels of a trade. They do still count as currency in the NBA. There's something that you can use to get something done. And for the Lakers in particular, I think seconds are worth a decent amount because yeah. this team has such a record of finding guys in the second round and finding guys that become useful players in the NBA. So I think these things, people see them as just worthless throw-ins and trades. And sometimes you see them treated as such, but I don't think that's really what they are. I think seconds do actually have value specifically for a team like the Lakers. So I'm not, I'm not throwing If I'm the Lakers, I'm not throwing in seconds as though they're nothing like fourth round picks in dynasty drafts or something like that. I'm not, that's not what I'm doing here with second round picks. If I'm the Lakers, I'm giving real weight and real value to those because the Lakers have turned them into stuff more often than not. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Yeah, that's a great point. I was actually literally going to say that. I think it depends on what team you are. Like, if you're the Raptors, the Lakers, the Spurs, the Warriors, the Nuggets at this point, honestly. The but like, if you're one of these teams that just draft players, like they it's like they're so good at drafting, but like it, it's insane. It's almost like they just pick a random name out of a hat with their mm-hmm. eyes closed, and they still probably land somebody good. Um, who turns out good for them. I think it matters more for those teams. Like they really value those picks more. But if you're like a team that just literally can't draft for anything in the second round, then I, I think that they're not as valued. I think they're more willing to throw in second round picks in any deal. But the Lakers, one of those teams that really, really draft well and develop well and scout well. So I think for the Lakers, yeah, they're not just throwing in second round picks to throw in a second round pick. I think they really do value them. Like, like you just mentioned, Trevor. Yeah. Agreed. 
Uh, Verda Music Group said, would you rather have Turner and Heald or Bogdanovich? Bogdanovich, Beasley, Clarkson, or Beverly and Vanderbilt? I don't think the Jazz are going to let go of Vanderbilt. I think they're going to keep him because he's young. Yeah. He can be part of that rebuild if we don't get Kyrie Curtis or, Harry, so, or, or uh, Harris. So we've talked about this. The Pacers package or the Jazz package? Turner and Heald or Bogdan Bogdanovich, Clarkson, Beasley. You could throw in Conley, throw in whoever you want into that mix. What do you like better? But the potential jazz players or the Pacers players? I promise you my answer changes every other hour. Like, I'm trying to remember what I said on that uh, when we recorded that episode. I think you said Utah. Yeah. Plus, I'm trying to maintain some level of continuity. I say the Pacers tonight, and then when the video drops, I say Utah. And everybody's going to call me out for backtracking. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I think I'll still stay with Utah. I think it's really, really close, though. Because um, I do like what you can do with the front court of LeBron, AD, and Miles Turner. But I think you get more, you'll likely get more depth, which the Lakers desperately need in the Utah trade. I like Bogdanovich a lot. You don't have to worry about the long-term salaries, although Buddy Heald, granted, is only one more year. But if Buddy Heald hit, so much of his value is attached to his shooting ability. Um, so if, he ha- if he's shooting league average, that's a really, that's a bad contract. And you're going to have to pay Miles Turner, where the guys are getting in a, in a jazz trade, yeah, a lot of those guys are expiring, but you're not worried about paying Patrick Beverly significant money after next season. Like you, you at the most, you're maybe touching $10 million, but you're not paying mm-hmm. him 20 or so million. Like I guarantee you, Miles Turner is going to want. So yeah, th- th- I, I still probably think I lean towards the Jazz, but it's really, really close. So you could definitely sway me towards a Pacers package. I think I lean the Pacers side and it's simply okay. because of the age. And I talked about this on the, the video that we did, which will drop tomorrow uh, on the Jazz trade possibilities, but I lean the Pacers side because I think there's a greater chance that you can recoup value for those players down the road. And I think that matters if you're going to give up, say, a future first or multiple future first, you know, whatever it is. I think Bogdanovich at 33, it's Conley at, what, 35, I think he is, or if it's Patrick Beverly at 34. The odds of you getting value back out of those players down the road if you go to try to trade them, it's pretty slim. Whereas I think that there's more flexibility in Heald and Turner Obviously, you have to re-up Turner. You have to give him an extension. But because of their age, that gives you the option to, down the road, turn them into something else uh, if need be. Whereas with the Jazz guys, I think you get those guys. You get them for this season, for next season maybe. And then that's probably going to be about it. You're going to see the end of their their value in in your jersey. So that's that's my thought there. But, again, I, I like those Jazz players a lot, a lot. So, I would be leading if they were a few years younger. I would be pretty firmly on the Jazz side. I think. Yeah, uh, totally. Herman Williams, would you trade Russ THT and a first to the Magic for Jonathan Isaac? He's got a long-term contract. Uh, Gary Harris, Terrence Ross. Gary Harris can't be traded because he just signed a new deal with the Magic. I don't believe it was an extension. I'm pretty sure it was a free agent contract, which would mean yeah. he wouldn't be eligible to be traded until December 15th. Uh, Terrence Ross, I believe, is an on, a, on an expiring deal. I like the players coming back. My gut is yes, but that is a big risk on Jonathan Isaac. Let me look, double check real quick and see how long his contract is. I think you're giving up a lot, but man, I, I really do love Jonathan Isaac a lot. So as if soon as you healthy. said Jonathan Isaac, if he's healthy, 
Okay, so he's got three more years under contract. Now, those years are not all fully guaranteed. Let me dig into that and see what the guarantee looks like. Let me see. So he is – oh, his guarantee number – about to make me want to play 2K. It's still pretty okay. So his guarantee for next season is 16 million of 17.4 million. So that's on oh. the books. You're going to keep that. His guarantee after that, though, the following season is 7.6 million, and his regular will be 17.4. So if he was just completely incapable of playing basketball, you could, in theory, waive him, and you're only being charged 7.6. And then after that, non guaranteed in that final year of his deal, 17.4 million on the books but none of it's guaranteed. So you could wave him and walk away with nothing. So That's a steal for Orlando. That's, I that's love that contract bad. for them. That's not bad. I, I would probably do that. I would probably do that deal. Yeah. And then, I don't, just I don't because, think Orlando like, if, would. But. I don't think Orlando would, but, man, if they're saying, if they're, and who knows, maybe Rob and Orlando, they, they do have a good relationship, apparently. Like, they keep, they're doing deals with each other. So maybe Orlando calls Rob up and says, hey, you know, Jonathan Isaac for us. Not, I'm not I mean, but, but flip it. Why does Orlando do this? They just signed Gary Harris for a reason. Terrence Ross, okay, they're going to try to move him. They've been trying to move him for a while. Haven't got the asking price. But Jonathan Isaac, like, they would have to be convinced that Jonathan Isaac at 24 years old is just never going to be the guy they thought he was going to be in order to trade him for Russ and that contract. They're going to send Russ home. They're going to buy him out. They'd have to really believe in THT and put a lot of value in that first to do this. And I just, I just don't see that. I think they would rather take the gamble on Jonathan Isaac and his health. Yeah, no, totally. And, and for sure. Um, I'm just saying, like, man, if it makes no sense. I really don't think Orlando would do this. But if Jonathan Isaac's healthy. <laughs> Why would you pull this clip off? I, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, for the podcast listeners I just put up on the, the screen, Skip to my Lou said, we've been waiting for that Lonnie Walker breakdown for the longest. When did Lonnie Walker sign with the Lakers? Doesn't it matter. Like, <laughs> it was like July 2nd or something. It's now, I prom- what, we're getting to July 28th? Yeah. Is? It's this I, myth, I, It's this mythical Lonnie Walker breakdown that's breakdown. that's out there that we just keep hearing about and, and – uh, Trying to find will, a good analogy for you. Yeah. It's like I it's promise. like when we kept hearing about Ibiza Zubats using Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's skyhook, and it never really came to fruition. This is this is the mythical skyhook, the Lonnie Walker breakdown. Oh uh, man, yeah, and I, I pro- it could be I could be talking about anything, and Trevor just comment on Twitter. <laughs> it's just, like, well, it's just funny now. <laughs> it's just funny. Though. It's like a running gag. I low-key don't want to do it now. Just like you keep this going. This the, lo- the Lonnie Walker breakdown is somewhere alongside my one-on-one game against Alan Sliwa, which somewhere, we've been talking yeah, about for but... years, and it still has not has not taken place. Uh, Jason Kelly, isn't our front court already good enough? Why do we need Turner if AD is our five in the playoffs? I and mean, that's a good point. We have Jay Huff and Wendy Gabriel seems redundant. That's the, the counter-argument there, right? Is that, look, if you go get to get Miles Turner, do you want to commit that much in terms of resources, 17.5 million this season, whatever you have to pay on an extension for a guy who's probably not in to close games because Anthony Davis is going to be your five. That's the counter to, man, think about all the shot blocking with Miles Turner and Anthony Davis on the floor together. Yeah, and I mean, thanks for making my uh, adding another point to my argument, 
on the uh, jazz trade, but I, I honestly still, I mean, I, I definitely can uh, understand both sides. I would not be upset either trade if we trade for Monster and Buddy Healed or if we trade for, honestly, in terms of like X's and O's, I would be even more excited about that personally. But um, no, I, I, I think both of these trades we've been talking about a lot recently would really help out the Lakers. Marquise Jason, if the NBA does expand, could the Kings move back to Kansas City? There was no, the, move them back to Cincinnati. There, there, there were there were talks about oh, it's going close to ten years ago. There was a point where the Kings were almost moved to Seattle, and it seemed like it was going to happen. And then last minute things came together, and they and they stayed. I don't think the NBA wants to do that again. I don't. I think the NBA in general they would rather do expansion teams then take a team away from the city because that was a bad look with what happened with Seattle, with OKC's, the new ownership group going, oh, no, 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 we're not going to move them when really they were plotting all along to move them. That was not a good look for the NBA. You wind up hurting a city. There's a lot of ill will out there when you do that. When you've got the amount of talent that the NBA has to pull from now, it just makes more sense to do an expansion team. And then you get that expansion uh, revenue coming in because they have to pay that fee. Um, I don't think they're going to take a team away from a city anytime soon. Yeah, no. And it's if you messy. are moving, it gets messy. And if you are moving a team anywhere, you're moving the Kings to Cincinnati, not Kansas City. Moving back here. I mean, you would like Seattle has got, I know you're biased, but Seattle and, and Las Vegas have to be ahead of Kansas City and Cincinnati, right? Yeah, no, totally. Totally, okay. totally, totally. How can we get a brighter future after the LeBron era? It's finding young talent. That's that's it, right? It's finding young talent and, and building from there. Maybe AD turns back into the guy that he was a couple seasons ago, and then you can build around him. But that's that's most likely the path. It's finding that young talent, doing the making smart moves, hitting singles until ultimately you can turn those singles into a home run. Go baseball. Go Dodgers. Let's get Juan Soto. Is he, is he a Dodger yet? No. I feel like that should have happened by now. Yeah. Uh, Mike Wolf, why don't you guys talk about Troy Brown Jr. more? I like your picture, Mike. Um, that That is uh, Jess Kang, our, the guy who started our postgame shows with me years ago, years and years ago. Uh, now covers the 76ers. Yeah, I, was, but, I wasn't born yet, so I, I didn't get that. I, I missed that. It was like five years ago. You were alive. But in it, in any event, Troy Brown Jr., I brought this up because the report out there from Jovan Buha, and it's not a surprise at all, that the Lakers, in their starting lineup as of right now with Russ, LeBron, AD, they're looking for whoever is the best combination of defense and shooting is going to get a, that starting spot. Yep, that might be Troy Brown. I mean, what was he, 35% from three last season on this team? That's pretty good. There's not a lot of shooting on the team. Defensively, he's got the physical profile to do it. Maybe we should be talking a bit more about, about Troy Brown, especially at 22 years old. That's the type of player that tends to grow in leaps and bounds. I'm not, I'm not projecting him to be a starter, but if, that, if those two things, defense and shooting, are what the Lakers are looking for in the starting lineup, you squint and, and he can bring you that, right? Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I just think you have some better options on your roster already. I think Stanley Johnson's better as long as he's really worked on his three-point shot. I think JTA is a better player. But no, I, I totally do like Troy Brown Jr. And, and, I mean, I guess we should 
probably talk more about him. So yeah, I do like him a lot, though. I think Stanley Johnson's getting slept on a little bit. That's somebody that's getting slept on yeah. for sure. Skies here in Northwest. If we don't trade Russ, I say it was a failed off season. But if we have a healthy AD next season, we still got a chance. People underestimate a healthy AD. I think AD, um, AD's health is more important to the Lakers' success than what the Lakers do with Russell Westbrook. Yes, because no matter who you trade for, and Darwin's hinted at this, like he hasn't said like whether it's Russ or not, but like he's kind of said like Russ. It's going to be Russ, but LeBron's going to be LeBron. But, you know, if AD's not being a top 10 player, we're we're not going to go anywhere. This does. This is on AD. AD needs to be able to be that two-way monster. We saw that championship year. We saw why we traded for him. And then why we, you know, and why we had optimism we could beat the Suns, you know, in that playoff series. So, um yeah, man, I, I definitely agree that it's more important that you get a healthy AD because if you get if you trade for Kyrie Irving, it doesn't matter if Anthony Davis is healthy. Yep. That might be a little extreme, but still. Well, I mean, Kyrie Irving buffers that a little bit. Yeah. You know, but James, Schroeder, Buddy, LeBron, AD, Turner, Nunn and Walker off the bench. Thoughts on that? You're starting Schroeder? That's what they're they're looking at there. Um, I don't know if I like that as much. It's not, it's not terrible. It's not terrible, but. Starting Austin Reeves or Schroeder. I'm starting, I'm starting I, Lonnie Walker and apparently I'm the biggest Lonnie Walker hater on the planet, yeah. but I'm starting him over Dennis Schroeder. I think that, well, Dennis Schroeder is an actual point guard and that's, that's the thing. That's what you're getting here is you're getting somebody who can in theory defend point guards and a shooter doesn't rate out as the best defensive player ever or anything like that, but. He puts forth the effort. We saw that during his Lakers season. So it's a more standard traditional lineup than throwing out there, say, Juan Toscano Anderson and just saying, figure it out, because you have a point guard size guy out there with that quickness that can defend out there. So I understand that. It's not it's not terrible, but it's um, it's just a more traditional lineup. And I think you can get away with more non-traditional lineups offensively with LeBron because he's going to be a six foot eight, six foot nine point guard. Um, but again, you run into the other lineup that we saw with JTA in there, you run into the problem of who's defending point guards in that. Whereas in this, it's very clear it would be Schroeder. Yeah. Any chance the next CBA results in a lockout? Owners already ticked about Simmons and Kyrie, stars wanting out of three plus years, load management, players got greedy. Any chance? Sure. But I also think that the league in general has been very strong and we've seen the owners and the players already have to come together in very extreme situations and figure out ways to work together. Because let's face it, the CBA did not cover a worldwide pandemic. The league and the players association had to come together and negotiate that and figure out what life was going to look like in a pandemic world. And so they've got a lot of experience now working together and coming up with compromises and solutions to very difficult problems. So I'm optimistic that we won't see a work stoppage or anything like that. Um, but I think you're right, Eddie, in terms of the issues that, that you're highlighting here. I think those are going to be issues for ownership. The players now have the mentality, and we saw this mentality about 10 years ago take hold as well, the mentality of sign the contract, get the money, figure out the team later, you can force a trade. That's 
part of the reason why we have such sign-and-trade restrictions where teams can't accept the player in sign-and-trade without triggering a hard cap. We have That rule exists because back in the day, you had players who wanted their cake and were going to eat it too by getting the advantages of signing with their incumbent team, getting those, whatever it was, I want to say 10% raises, getting the five-year deal or, or whatever it was at the time, and then getting traded to another team. So you get all the benefits of signing with the incumbent team, and then you get traded to the team you want to go to. The NBA said, no, this is getting messy. We don't want this to happen anymore. It's a similar situation now where players are saying, look, sign the contract and figure out the location later. Doesn't matter how many years are left on your deal. I think ownership's going to want that addressed. I think players have some issues they'll want to address too. Restricted free agency. Colin Sexton is still sitting out there, and he shouldn't be, right? Teams no. would love to get him, but nobody's going to give him any money because he's restricted. That's been a problem. So there's there's a lot of things to compromise with here. So I'm still optimistic that we won't see it go down that path. But yes, I think those are going to be issues for, for ownership. Totally. Sure, as Matt would say. Let me start saying that. Load management. I mean, load management isn't always players. That's load, all. I, I, I promise you that's probably more yep, team-oriented than players uh russ help la win a ring as a six man la will love him oh look if, if the lakers win a ring i don't whatever role russell westbrook is in if russell westbrook is a positive player any kind of positive and you win a ring that's that's an easy story to to celebrate right la guy wins a ring with the hometown squad all, all of that um i don't think he wants to be a sixth man I don't think he does. No, as, as much no. as teams around the NBA say, you know what, we could, you know, this guy would be a great sixth man or he could be. I don't think he wants that role. I don't think he's ready to make that leap at this point. And he may not be. And that's that's understandable if he wasn't, but or if he never becomes willing to do that. But at some point, I think that's going to be a decision he's going to have to make. You just hope that you don't get another Allen Iverson. I, and I swear, I know you've brought that up. A ton of times now but it sucks because you don't want to see that for hall of fame players but unfortunately that's just something that some players have to go through hopefully you can make the transition like mellow ultimately did dwight howard vince carter hopefully you can get to that but the way it's looking right now it's looking like another alan iverson bernie said there were talks to restrict scenarios like kevin durant in the next cba yep. but owners can have uh have full uh, bundle high-performing players like Brown, Rudy, Mitch, and trades, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I mean, you wind up trading these guys. You get something for them. Sure. I mean, but again, it's – look at how much Pelicans fans hate Anthony Davis now and hate the Lakers because everything that went, out, went down there, despite me saying over and over again that I would greatly prefer – that the superstar player, whatever superstar the Lakers have, if he's planning on leaving in free agency the next year, that he comes to the Lakers and says, hey, I'm planning on leaving. You know, would love to, you know, work out a trade here so you guys get something. Please do that. Please do that. Don't, don't walk away and leave the team for nothing. But it's still not ideal when you have a guy that signs on for four years and people are buying his jersey and then less than a year later, they're saying, ah, you know what, I'm out. Before the contract even kicks in, oh, no, trade me. That's that's also not something the league wants.
Lords of the Sky says, I hope KD to Boston and Kyrie to LA does happen. The quest for 18 is a great storyline. It would also help the younger generation understand more about the rivalry between the two franchises. That is a point that I had brought into this, that last point that he made. Because how many people did we see during the finals saying, and we talked about some of these are LeBron fans, but saying they were going to root for the Celtics because the Celtics-Lakers rivalry was an old thing and they didn't feel the same way about the Celtics as some of the older generation did. The Clippers are, are more the threat to the Lakers now. Celtics-Lakers isn't really a thing anymore, all of that. If this happens and Kyrie is in L.A. and that gives Boston even more reason to hate L.A. as, long as if they didn't have enough already and it creates potentially a finals matchup, that could reignite in the younger generation that Celtic animosity that is just at the core of Laker fandom. So that could be a positive if you are able to pull this off. I also think if, if, if that's the way things play out, Lakers Celtics Christmas Day is happening. Christmas Day, Mar- uh, MLK Day. It's going to be, it's going to get the two marquee days. That's, that's yep. how they book them. I personally disagree with the argument that like is going to help. I mean, yeah, it'll help them a little bit more because um, you get to experience it yourself. So it's a different feeling. But like, for example, like the, the one of the greatest sports rivalries, like we think of sports rivalries, not named Lakers, Celtics, Red Sox, Yankees. Sure. If a Yankee fan, again, what, what is up with us using baseball analogies now? But if a Yankee fan gets born tomorrow or whatever, and in five years they start watching baseball, the team they're going to be grown to hate is going to be the Red Sox because they're rival. Although technically they would have not experienced anything, any animosity like back in the day or in the mid, uh, early and mid 2000s. Like they wouldn't have experienced that, but it's just you're a fan of this team. I think that's how sports work genuinely. Genuinely, you're a fan of this team. That's your rival. You hate their guts. You might not hate them to the grand scale extent of somebody that experienced those 2000s and so on but like that is your rival i don't think that necessarily changes per se um it can be generational for sure yeah um you know keith is a yankee fan i'm a dodger fan no i mean but he's but he's a boston guy (laughs) and somehow he's a he's a yankees fan i still don't totally understand it did he ever tell but, you like how that came about? Yeah, he went to a game, and I think it was like Don Mattingly gave him a ball, and so that you know caused him to, okay. to fall in love with with the Yankees. But but I mean, it's it would be like, I mean, it'd be the equivalent of of me, you know, being a, a Lakers guy suddenly becoming a Giants fan for baseball, you know, like that. Mm. That doesn't that doesn't work. We might not be friends, Trevor, if you were a Giant. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last one here. Last super chat, James Smith. Would there be more incentive for the Lakers to trade trade for Russ or trade away Russ if he had two years left on his contract instead of one? Uh, more incentive for them to. I think it would be harder to trade him. Harder to trade him on his deal. It'd be it'd be harder to trade him. I think the Lakers will want to do it more, but it'd be harder to trade him. So. Yeah, it, it would. I would say if, if Russ had another year on his deal, a trade would be almost certainly not happening. Yeah, it's only because he's expiring that is possible. Uh, Alex Reeves, nickname White Mamba Scalabrini, is undeserving. Like, uh, there's some interesting ones that are out there. Um, Austin 315. Sure, what there's some 
there's some interesting ones that the people are going to come up with. I do wonder if HBK is actually going to fade away or if people will just continue using it. We'll see. All right, everybody. Appreciate you all for joining us. As always, guys, make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications. You know we're going to keep you up to date on everything, not just the big trades, but we're going to get into every topic that we see going on in the world of the Los Angeles Lakers. So make sure you do subscribe. Don't forget to give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see you. Go find Sean on Spaces. You know it. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.